welcome back to the one hundred and thirty seventh and final episode of the airport minute where each and every day monday through friday we've been going over minute by minute the greatest disaster movie ever made the nineteen seventy universal pictures movie airport i'm one of your hosts jim o'kane of tvdads dot com and i'm mark cerulli uh... in an undisclosed bunker in the hollywood hills and uh... I just want to dedicate our final show, uh, February 7th, to my dad, Dom Cerulli, who would have been 90 today. Uh, and uh, to celebrate that, we have two amazing guests back uh, for one last time. We have actor, director, pie gal, poker expert, Will Schreiner, and uh, actor, pilot, uh, superstar, Robert Hayes. Thank you both for coming back. That's right. Having two pilots on this show is very important. And we thank all the people that have made it through all these 163 minutes. <laughs> yes, God bless you all. And please, if you could stop by the gift shop and pick up a copy of Airport available now on Blu-ray from Universal Home Entertainment, that would help us a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and stop asking for my help autograph. I mean, you know, I can't sign yeah. for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, someday we'll, we'll be able to afford the postage for the check, the big residuals. <laughs> uh, but it, it is it is so great. And, of course, uh, we do have many questions for uh, for Mr. Mr. Robert Hayes, Bob, the one big question that I have is, of course, about Angie. Uh, why did the uh, the pilot was filmed in 1974, but it did the show didn't air until 79? Is that am I understanding that it, right? It went through some cast changes, the changes, different things. I did oddly enough, I did an episode in. Um, it had to be. I moved up to LA in '75, so it had to be. 75 or 6, I think probably 76. <clears throat> and I was I was living in Laurel Canyon at the time over a garage in a little studio apartment. And the guy renting the main house uh, was a, uh, a w- wonderful actor that um, uh, was doing this pilot for this show called Angie. Now, I had done an episode of Laverne and Shirley, and I played... Shirley's uh, Laverne's boyfriend, and then we brought along Moose, my buddy Mike McManus, for for Shirley, and I took all of us to the pool hall on our date, and I drove the bu- I was a bus driver, and I drove the bus. I was in my bus driver's outfit at my little change thing, and in that episode, uh, these other guys come in with their malls, and we have this big fight uh, out in the alley, you know, and meanwhile the girls are left inside. And it's it's this big, big dikey chick that's uh, always threatening to rip that L off Laverne's sweater. And and every time she would say that, Laverne would say, you touch that L, your teeth go straight to Peoria. You know, is that kind of a thing. <laughs> and that was that was what became Angie. That girl was Angela and that became Angie. So I did the show that that introduced that character. And then a few years later, um. I played Brad, the husband yeah. of that character, Angie. And that character went through different changes, became cuter, became little Donna Pascal. But but my my neighbor was uh, did the pilot. And then I I was uh, they, they were going to call me in to read for this. Mark Harmon, me and I can't remember who else. And uh when he came back at the end of the weekend, he came back and I told him I said 
he said, I heard that you're going in on it because they were talking about recasting it and redoing the whole show. And I said, oh, yeah, but I mean, you know, nothing's going to happen. There. Nothing's going to happen. They came back and they called me over the weekend. I was cast. Wow. And oh, I, had to, I had to. Oh, God, I had to tell him. And that was just he was such a good guy. I mean, he's such a great guy and a wonderful actor. But they just went a different way, which they do in Hollywood all the time. Yeah, yeah they jacked up. They, he jacked up your rent three times, though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, TV star. no problem, Bob. Kept <laughs> having flat tires all the yeah. time. And I, go, I didn't understand why. What was, gee, these defective tires. Was that was that a long enough story? Did I? Yeah, really no, that was swell. That was. I, 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 Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I brought down yeah. the entire yeah. level of energy. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it was great. Yeah, right. My shirt went out. Of, my shirt went out of style in that story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how many, how many Angie questions you get. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that most of the ones that you that you hear from are airplane ones. But I, I enjoyed your show back in the day, and uh, you you co-starred with. Uh, I, I used to live in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and uh, I grew up in the same neighborhood as uh, Deborah Lee Scott did. And yeah. um, just you know, it, it was a, it was a great show, very very well written, good comedy, and uh, it, I just just want to let you know, there were people that still remember Angie, and it was a, it, it was really good. Elizabeth, I always remember that she was from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yep, you don't say that, Elizabeth, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, and she had those buck teeth. They always had, they always had. No, shut down. Inferred in the script, and she got so tired of it. Although I think she also got a kick out of it. It was very funny. She was a character. She was a fun character. She was really neat. Yeah, she she had a a great career with uh, I mean that between that and Mary Hartman and just you know rolling through a bunch of yeah. and she was in another she was in Earthquake I think the the disaster movie uh, where she was up against um, I can't remember who who it was it was there was somebody out to get her in that movie when she was trying to land on uh-huh. a plane. And, Let's it, not live in the past. What about Boonville? I, I, what about I was going to say. I was going to say that. Boonville? What about that, Boonville Redemption? You're oh my God! <laughs> I, I, they, they said, would you play? Would you do this part? And I said, no, thanks, thank you, but no. And they, then Pat Boone is a friend, and he called me up and said, said, hey Bob, I really want you to do. It. I said, well, geez, Pat, I mean, you could, you could have a grip do this, you know, just as a couple of words. There's nothing to it. I mean, <laughs> and finally, I said, oh, okay, okay, so I'll do it. So. So I, I did it and it was really fun and people were all really, really nice. It was great. But but uh I just said, No, you don't have to give me any credit for it because it was just Oh, I'm looking at you, Ed Asner in it, Diane Ladd. It's a big oh, cast. Yeah. 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 But I mean I and then afterwards I thought, well, if you want to, you can say, you know, and also bringing up the rear is Robert Hayes or something, you know, whatever. But they said, well, well, gosh, we already did all the credits. I said, that's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need, uh, I another, need no thank that's, you. That's another story that's so long that I think Fred Gwynn's mother's pants are. <laughs> <laughs> I actually. That's what we, that's a call to callback. Yeah. <laughs> to another episode. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to call back from the same <laughs> episode. Only for that's how long the story was. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps going and going. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we're we're, uh, we're watching the uh, we're, we're, we're right now in this in this particular episode for those that still, still have any kind of connection to uh, airport. The, we're watching the uh, the the final final credits and we see all you know all we're the great. Watching them. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, Burt Lancaster and Dean Martin and James. It all it's all going by and this is 
kind of at the Jackie end. Jackie Bissett. Yeah, oh, Jackie God. Bissett. Yeah. Who we oh, tried. Yeah. We tried for 137 episodes to, to get her on the show. We begged. And, I, I sent her an actual like a, a paper letter and, with a stamp and everything. And no, I no can't understand talked. how she would turn it down. Yeah, I mean, this is her chance at money. Fame. No, yeah. I can. I can. I can understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh well. Yeah. Yeah. All, all I've that. been around long enough. I get it. Well, Did Martin <laughs> Stapleton refuse to answer your your request? Well, I, I, we'd have to go to yeah. uh, Fair yeah. Lawn, I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been tough. I mean, we have, uh, the, the woman who played Mrs. Felix Unger in the odd couple movie, she plays the, the nun that, uh, is working on Jacqueline Bissett at the back of the, at the back of the plane after the, the thing blows up. And we, we tried really hard. She's an agent apparently, or some, some kind of talent person. Manager. Manager, yeah, yeah, in Hollywood, and Mark's written oh. her letters. I told them to get, you know, like a dozen roses and go over and, and beg. So we offered her, you know, hot waffles and Hi, chicken, Jim, but I've nothing. Shot. <laughs> I mean, if you just think about, you just think about this little cast right here, just the initial part of the cast. But I mean, uh, Gene Seberg, yeah. Jacqueline Bissett, and then on the, you know, on on the earlier generation side, but absolutely beautiful women. Barbara Hale oh, was stunning. gorgeous. Yeah. Dana Winters, Dana Winters, and Helen Hayes was. Yeah, uh, nineteen five. She was gorgeous. Uh, she, oh, was she was on, a uh, she and she was a piece of ass. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> the best piece of ass I've ever had, and I've had plenty of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Think so, from the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> what was that in Love Actually? When, uh, no, that was in the Godfather. That was Bill uh, Nighy. That was one of the Ivory, yeah, Ivory Merchant ones. Uh, <laughs> Bill Nighy says when he, they're interviewing him on in uh, Love Actually. When he says, uh, who's the best piece of ass you ever said? And he said, Britney Spears. And they go, oh, my God. <laughs> and he said, no, no, I'm just kidding. She was terrible. <laughs> oh. Wow. But it was, a, it was a good movie. I mean, it was, it was, it was back in a time when it, well, we were talking about this off when I wasn't having the recorder going. This is back when the studio system was still, you know, it, was, it had the last couple of gasps in it. And we, we saw all the, uh, you know the secondary the, the the stock actors in the background we had pat priest and uh i can't you know the guy that played uh marcus rathbone the stale nuts guy they all had you know they, they were all steady jobs but they you know it's like and they next week they'd come back and do streets at san francisco or they'd go back and do manix or whatever but they all had right. you know straight work every every week they knew they were they're gonna be able to make the rent yeah i mean you could actually have a career career right you know when did that all that all ended yeah, in, yeah. in the late 70s what, us, our careers? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the studio system. Oh, yeah. It ended like in 76 or 7. That's when my brother got – he got bounced out of his contract and then got picked up by ABC to go on General Hospital like the next week. And like like Bob said, they, he could have been working for 500 a week right? if they kept the system going. Yeah, and he would have had 500 a week every week. That was the whole – that was kind of the deal. It was a steady and regular thing for mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. But if you've got the the you know the fifty thousand uh, dollar deal in a movie over there, you still got your five hundred bucks. The studio, got the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and houses in L.A. were only what eight nine hundred thousand back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind that, of, was a, it, that was a it, fixer. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the, I think it kind of uh, it's still that thing you were talking about where they would. They would uh, be in, you'd see a guy, a character actor or actress in a movie. And then that night when you went home, you're watching TV, you'd see him on streets of San Francisco or or Marcus Welby or I mean, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, the, whatever. Yeah. Uh, whatever. All those old shows. Yeah, yeah, week, yeah. yeah. Man- Manix. Manix. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, when I was, when, when Bob, you lived in Laurel Canyon. I moved into L.A. in 75 and lived in Laurel Canyon. At the bottom of Laurel Canyon was Schwab's Drugstore. And all the character actors hung out there. Warner Klemper from Hogan's Heroes. You would uh, go in there, and it was a who's who of character actors because they had payphone booths there, so they could check with their agents and they could read the trades without paying for them. And it was a little coffee shop. It was yeah. a big hangout of all of those guys. You know, right. Bob, Bob Donner. I mean, you know, all the guys that we all knew from all these yeah. shows hung out there. Wow. And and that also that also worked for the production side too. Then, if you're, I would I would think that if you're, you know, a director or a you know makeup artist or something like that, you you have steady work too even though it wasn't the greatest pay oh they were the ones the crew always worked compared yeah. to actors they always worked yeah did yeah. you do you ever think to go into a career in lighting if you saw what this guy's going for a job but i guess, I, guess <laughs> I, I looked at being best boy for a long time I, yeah. <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out what they do i kept realizing there was a better boy over there yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just tough yeah it just it would say he's okay in the in the credits just, yeah uh, this kind of a movie wouldn't. We were, we've talked about this in the past. This kind of a movie, I don't think the pacing would work at all in a in a modern movie. You'd just people would be leaving the theater in droves because it's just so leaden. But you know, and and the the action is kind of reversed. If if you watched a movie like um, the one we always reference is Flight, the one uh, the Denzel movie where you start with the disaster and then work your way back and learn the characters. But this one, it, it's a complete way around. We sit, you, you have to get a, a rundown and a resume of every character in this movie before you finally have the disaster so you can care about them. But well, they're all, is, yeah, but they're little short scenes. So they do kind of keep it going, even though the pacing yeah. is slow and everything else. I mean, the, the way, the way it's written, it's, it's cut to kind of keep it all moving along. I mean, you look at a movie like Sully, where you know the movie, you know how it starts, you know how it ends, but they still were able to make it interesting in the, te- yeah. in the storytelling, especially with the NTSB subplot that they're going to, you know, yeah. that they question his, his reaction time. But I thought they made it really work, you know, and I mean, any movie when you're in an airplane, for a certain amount of time, you know, you've got to be able to bounce around in the story. Right. Well, this this thing is just leaden, though. I mean, this does not move at all like something like, for instance, <laughs> that just zips along like a rocket ship, like like Manchester by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's yeah, that's action packed. Yeah, I no. mean. Then I thought I fell. Scene. I thought I fell asleep. It ended, and I thought, did I fall asleep in the middle? I was on my couch watching it, and I said, it, I must have fallen asleep because this ending makes no sense. So I had to back up, and I go, no, I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> That's the way it ends. It still makes no sense. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I, I keep thinking. I mean, the only the only way you can really do something like this is to make a parody. I think that's the next. That's the only. That's the only availability for these kind of properties. <laughs> uh, but right. that's, been, that's been done too. So we, can't, yeah. it, it, they're they're out of luck with this thing. I don't know if you were going to make this movie. I I can't imagine you'd have to cast it a lot younger. I mean, the, most of the people in this were in their fifties and sixties. So it, I I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a tragedy, but the older actors can't get. The, yeah. These kind of jobs aren't out there anymore for the older actors. You'd have to have, right. uh, you know, it, it's uh, the cast of Glee would have to be somewhere in, in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. so. That'd be the main part. And any old actors would would have to be make sure that they weren't over thirty five and that they were in the background. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember once sitting with Ernest Borgnine, not to drop names, but he was in like 92. He was down here with a film festival. I said, what are you doing now? He goes, I want to work. I can't get insurance. They can't get insurance on me. So anybody that puts him in a movie had to take a flyer that he's going to make it through it, right. which is kind of sad. You know, yeah. I, I, I have a question for Bob, though. Do you think that Airplane, your movie, worked so much better 
for people that were familiar with this movie, Airport, which had, you know, you really, if you saw the original, I think the parody worked even better seeing your movie. I think so. I mean, I think I think that there are people that never saw any of the films that yeah. we parodied and uh, parodied, but but there were people that that knew uh, from here to eternity, and they knew the airport films, and and rarely any of them knew um, Zero Hour, right? But, you know, uh, and Saturday Night uh, Fever, Fever, you know, yeah, discos. Yeah. So th- there were people that knew that. Some people knew. One of them, some people knew a couple of them. Some people, you know, that are more film people knew the more knowledgeable you are about film, the more films you would know. Right. But but there are a lot of people and little kids that have never seen any of those things. I've had I had a woman come up and she said, can I get your autograph? My son, is it's his favorite film. And I said, yeah, how old is he? He's 12. Wow. Wow. <laughs> a little while later, same same big event. It was a charity event. Same thing. A uh, woman came over and said, can I have an autograph for my son? He loves this film. And I said, how old is he? He's 10. It's like, holy shit. So then I was at one of these big deals and doing autographs, and they came up and said, um, oh, and it was this, that was actually the same night. A woman came over and said, I'm teaching my son films, and we're, we're studying comedies right now. And his favorite comedies are the Marx Brothers and Airplane. And I said, how old is he? He's six. So it kept wow. getting younger and younger. <laughs> wow. Then I had a three-year-old, and then at one of these things, a family came up. They had their – and this was an autograph thing. My fetus loves this film. Yeah, yeah. We're naming yeah. her Shirley, yeah. <laughs> but it was the mother and the father, and they had three kids with them, and and they all loved Airplane. They were all just so – you know, and picking out a picture they wanted signed and all this stuff. And I said, my God. I said, how old are you? And they said, oh. And I said, this is amazing. I mean, this is remarkable. You guys are the youngest fans I've ever said. Well, our little baby at home is one. And whenever we put airplane on, he says, airplane, airplane. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Well, that's the timeless God. entertainment. Yeah. yeah. A whole new yeah. generation of people learning who Howard Jarvis was. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, we, we, we have had a common we've had a common thread on pe- people who have been on, on the show who have never seen airport before when they're like physically forced to sit down and watch this movie i that, i can relate to that i'm one of them yeah well mark mark had seen bits and pieces but i we actually had to sit down and he this was one of my favorite films so he, he sat down and watched the whole thing but a lot of people said that after watching airport they got more of the jokes that were in airplane and uh i know after seeing yeah. zero hour just the if you watch zero hour it suddenly realized that entire you know paragraphs of script are just right there on the screen with the same lines it's it's astonishing Absolutely. Absolutely. And even what they what they would do is they would go off into that little cubicle, you know, on the stage or if we're out on location, it'd be a little trailer. And they would you know that that David and uh, Jim were looking at the monitor and they'd have the video uh, uh, tape player set up and they had zero hour running. So they're going to shoot this scene. They want to go and look at the camera angle and the lighting so they could sort of copy that as a little inside joke. Oh. Mm-hmm. Since, no, they, since they got the rights to it, they say, well, let's go ahead and really do it up. But they did that in a lot of spots so that they could just, uh, you know, just for, for film buffs and people that like all those little little inside stories. How much rewriting did they do as you were shooting? Oh, man, not much at all because they they had been <laughs> rejected and then they'd go back and rewrite and they'd be rejected. I think they got rejected for s- several years. 
Well, that never happens out here. That's odd. <laughs> they've been collect, they've been collecting those gags and things for years, though, right? With I mean, while doing Kentucky Fried Theater. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and the one thing they would do is they'd call up um, Steve Stucker, who played Johnny. Yeah. And he was in Kentucky Fried Theater. And they'd call him up and they'd say, "Okay, Steve, Johnny's got something here. What would he say?" And he said, "Oh, I could make a hat. I could make a brooch." Oh man, I love that. <laughs> they'd let yeah. him go crazy. And the yeah. only other time really was was. Um, uh, Al White, Al and Norm were the two black guys, yeah. and and they came up. Um, they had a thing that they'd worked out, and Al told me that he actually went and found a dictionary of black jive, and they wrote up their whole routine. And they said, "Do you mind if we change this dialogue?" And they said, "Please, we're three <laughs> white Jewish guys from Milwaukee. We don't know any of that stuff, you know, because all they had written down was she mofo, she mofo." Yeah, yeah. And so they that's where they came up with that. But uh, otherwise, it was really, really tight. One night afterwards, Jim came over and he said, we're going to shoot this thing tomorrow where you're boring. Um, I can't remember which one, if it was the Japanese general or if it was <laughs> which one of them. But he said, we don't have enough dialogue. So go home and write something, would you? <laughs> I thought, I'm not a writer. Oh, God. What am I gonna do? And then I thought, calm down, calm down. Okay. What do you got to do? I just bore people to death. Okay, I can be boring. Okay, and then I went home and I wrote this whole thing. So part of that dialogue is what I wrote, but but otherwise the whole thing was very tight and it was mm-hmm. yeah. And, and when, we, when we, you were making it, was there ever? I mean, were you anybody concerned? Geez, is this going to work? You know, will will you know, or or is this going to be the last movie we do? You know, I you know I wasn't. I don't. I don't know if any of them were were ever thinking that, but I was having so much fun, and we were laughing so hard every day. I mean, not on screen, obviously, but but we'd cut and we'd be laughing. I used to try to see if I could crack up the crew, mm. and um, one guy, I was merciless on him. He would just, I could look at him and he'd start laughing after a while. You know, when you get someone trained like that, and and uh, uh, we had just such a good time. It was like. How is it possible to have a better beginning for your first feature film than that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember Tom, Tom Shadyak's a friend of mine. He was saying when they were doing Ace Ventura that they thought this is either going to be hysterical or horrible. They were really not sure where yeah. it was going, you know, because it was, Jim was so broad in that movie. You know, right. We're really thinking, are we, are we, are we the only ones finding this funny or will everybody, you know, and it's, it's you, you have self doubt when you're making this stuff. You right. write it, and you, you you know you hope that the audience embraces it. I'm sure Bob will tell you the most thrilling thing is to walk in with a full audience, you know, at a red carpet opening of a movie and see how stuff works. Yeah, well, we didn't have a red carpet opening. <laughs> we had we had the screenings, you know, the regular screens at uh, like the Directors Guild. They had screens, right. Writers Guild, the Directors. I mean, they had to have screens over and over, just like with the with the uh, dailies. They had so many screenings, and I I brought my folks, and we were. We were, you know, I, I thought, boy, this is going to be really cool. Maybe my dad will actually think my a colonel in the Marine Corps. Maybe he'll think finally. Did uh, he well, laugh? Did he? Did he love it? Oh yeah, I mean, he was a fighter pilot. I mean, oh. <laughs> so they were. He was, was kind of, you know, yeah, he was laughing at it. But I mean, there was somebody in front of me. We were sitting there at the Directors Guild down on Sunset, the old Directors Guild, and we were sitting there behind somebody that was laughing so loud, so raucous, 
that literally I almost reached up and I said, hey, do you mind? I mean, I just want to be able to <laughs> yeah. hear this. And I'm glad I didn't do it because when the lights came up, it was Bette Midler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Wow, that's, that's, that's great. I introduced my folks to, to Peter Graves because I thought, well, dad's a, you know, he was a colonel in the Marine Corps and, and Peter's a kind of a conservative fellow. And so maybe, you know, that'd be kind of something in common or whatever, you know. So I introduced my dad, big six foot three, big Marine and, and my little tiny five foot two mom. And, and I said, dad's Peter Graves and dad, this is my, 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 and Peter, this is my mom and dad, Evelyn and, and John Hayes, Colonel, Colonel John Hayes. I threw that in just to see if that would impress him a little. And well, how do you do? Well, how do you do? Dad's not one to talk a lot. He would, you know, just talk if there was something to say, but otherwise not just small talk. And so we're standing there and there's nothing, you know, and it's sort of one of those uncomfortable moments. Well, what do you say now? So I turned to Peter and I said, so, Peter, how you been lately? And he said, fine, fine. Now, I've had a kind of a strange hankering for little boys lately. And I thought the look on my dad's face was priceless. Oh, man. You Hollywood people. (laughs) You're degenerate. A a, a guy's eyes getting huge without getting big, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just that. So he had had a great sense of humor, Peter Peter Graves. Oh, he did. He he was great. I, I saw him just about two weeks before he died. I uh, gave him an award up in Ojai at a film festival and we were talking and he told me that he'd recently had more fun, uh, you know, with uh, he'd see a, like a woman with her little boy walking down the aisle in the vegetable section and grab the son and say, oh, oh, stay away from that man. And he'd say, oh, hi, little boy. And the mother. <laughs> Uh, to me, we still quote the line. Do you like gladiator pictures? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seen a grown, grown man naked? Yeah. Said, no, no, Bobby can stay up here if he wants. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember when he turns to, when, when uh, uh, Kareem turns to him and says, says uh, hey, Peter, you want me to, you want me to take care of Clarence? Uh, Clarence, you want me to take care of this? He says, no, you take care of it. <laughs> yes, just, I, I love that. Yeah. It was so straight. It was oh, just so straight. Yeah, was, Here's here was uh here was like the the father, you know. Uh, what was that series he did um with Bobby something? Gosh. Anyway, he was the father, the all-American dad and Mission Impossible and yeah, yeah. all these strict serious things. Well, yeah, and, and uh, did his brother come to the to any of the premieres? I was wondering if uh, James oh. Ernest saw any of this. Wish I wish I could have met him. I would love to have met him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Well, you had uh, the other uh, the other fellow. Um, is it Glenn to- Toby? Um, uh, from oh uh, Ken, 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 Ken Toby. He was in, oh, yeah. He was, yeah. He was from oh my thing. God! He was in every 1950s uh, sci-fi movie there was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. And in Billy Jack, he was in he was the bad deputy in uh, in Billy Jack. Like, he started it, out like he said he started. He was also in an episode of of Starman when I was doing that series. Okay, yeah. But he he was great. He was a great guy. But he he said he said yeah, I came to Hollywood, started out as a starring leading man, and kind of you know worked my way down to supporting roles. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was just what his career was. But he knew it. He was digging it. He enjoyed himself. I mean, the best part about being around those people is just hearing the stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, lunch must be fantastic. Like this? Like yeah, this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, one question about Star... When Starman... I'm sorry, we're going a field, but uh, Starman, how did... When you first saw the movie Starman, did you ever did, did you ever think that would go to a TV show that, that you'd wind up doing the, the Jeff Bridges role? Or I read the script for it, and that was one of my favorite scripts. There, there were two scripts, um, and that was... That one was one of the two that were the, my favorite scripts that I'd read while I was in Hollywood I'm, up to that point. And still, even to, now, to this day. Um, and I really wanted to do it, but I didn't have the oomph. And, uh, you know, they were looking for something else, I guess. But but uh, so Jeff winds up getting it. And, and uh, you know, it was great. But then 13 years later, I had a deal with Columbia, uh, a film development and a television series development deal. And it was, it was literally, I think it was one day left on my development deal and they kept coming up with things and it just weren't right. And then I'd, I'd hear about something and I asked them if they heard about that and they didn't care for that. And there was just nothing we could come up with. And every time I call them, I say, well, what's it about? Well, it's about this and this and this and this and this. And, and then they called me on this and I said, what's it about? And he said, well, it, ah, I don't want to tell you. Come on over and, and we'll just talk about it in the office. So I went over and Mike Gray and John Mason were writing partners and they pitched the idea to me. And my initial thought was, I don't want to do a TV series based on this film that I loved so much. I loved the script so much for it. I just, yeah, God. And having to play Jeff Bridges basically and, and I didn't want to. Uh, and then finally they said, well, this is 13 years later and things all evolve and change. And so anyway, they talked me into it and it wound up being Airplane and Starman are the, my two favorite things that I've ever done. Mm. By far and away. I, I was wondering, uh, you know, getting Starman, it was, it was a it was a departure from your role in, in Airplane. But did did Airplane doing Airplane was successful, but did it change the way you were looked at in Hollywood as oh, this guy's a comedy yeah, comedy oh, performer. Sure. And, That's and, what they do in Hollywood. They pigeonhole you, and and I mean, you know that will they you're stuck in a pigeonhole and trying to fight well, to get out of that. Yeah, but to be a com- comedic leading man is like what everybody wants. I mean, you Bob, you had that running for a long time where you were like one of the go to you know leading men who could do comedy. You know, there's a lot of good looking guys that can't do comedy, and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> I find you very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> In the right light, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was drifting back to that night with, oh, well, never mind. Yeah. yeah. yeah with Helen, Helen Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. 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 The no-tell motel. Yeah. yeah. The, th- the, three, the three-way with B. Arthur and Bob and I. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I wouldn't have been able to stop laughing. Oh, my God. Helen Hayes was, a, she was a guest star. I, I'd done a little guest star spot on Love Boat, and Helen Hayes was guest star on Love Boat, and I, I think they juggled everything around so that they could say that she was the 400th guest star, mm. and and so they had a celebration at the Beverly Hills Hotel, a big black tie event, and they celebrated the 400th guest star of of Love Boat, and and so it's Helen Hayes, so it's a tribute to her being the 400th guest star and being Helen Hayes, so. I was there. All the guest stars, people that had been guest stars, were invited, and, and I was walking across. You know how there 
are the seats on two sides, and then there's the dance floor in the middle with the band up at the top and the podium at the one side of it. And I was over on one side talking with some people, and I was coming back across the dance floor, and there she was at the table sitting by herself, and her her son was James MacArthur that played Dano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was talking with somebody on the other side of the table, and all the other people had gotten up, and they were wandering around. And she was just sitting there. And so I took the chance, and I just jumped over there, and I said, I said, excuse me. I just wanted to say thank you so much. My name is Robert Hayes, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for everything you've done for me and for all of us actors, and, and you're just terrific. So thank you. And she said, you're Roger Chase? I said, no, 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 Robert Hayes. And she said, oh, and I said, I was going to come up and say, hey, yeah, Aunt Helen. <laughs> and, she, and she said, oh, I wish you had. And I said, I just did. <laughs> and, she and she said, oh, James or Jimmy or whatever she called him. She said, this is his name's Robert Hayes. And he said, oh, yeah, how about that? And he goes back to talking with his friends. <laughs> but I just talked with her for another you know, few seconds or so. But she was delightful. She oh, wow. was so wonderful. And she actually, throughout uh, Airport, I mean, you, she's just such a great actress. You can you can tell. I mean, yeah. I mean, they all are. But she was but, having fun. It was a fun role for her. Yeah, you know, yeah. And fun she, with. You could tell she sold it every time she was on the screen. She just ate up the whole that whole scene. Everybody, your eyes were on her at all times. She, yeah, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, she. Your eye would focus on her in the middle because she looked like she was about to say something all the time. And uh, Lloyd Nolan was sitting there, you know, sleeping with his headsets on, and you just couldn't take your eye off of her. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> was funny. She. Uh, we when we had uh, John Finn later on. He was talking about being uh, uh, being in scenes with her, and there's one scene where he's she's pretending she's sick, and she's gonna. She he gets up to to uh, go get her help, and she just grabs him by the collar and throws him back down in the seat. So like so, so she and they had planned that out. She had come up with the idea and told him, you know, let's let's do it this way. Like I'm suddenly you know a linebacker, I can just take you down. So he went along with it, and he was just amazed that she had come up with this. But she's been in theater for gosh sixty years at the time. She's got a theater named after her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, what was his name? MacArthur was her husband, the great playwright. Yeah. Was it Charles? I uh, don't know. I mean, I know James MacArthur was the son, but uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they, I mean, it's a definitely a, an artistic family. Charles. Yeah, she was married to either Charles MacArthur or Charles McCarthy. I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, I think Charlie, right, Charlie McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy. Oh, That's, yeah. what <laughs> That's who it was. <laughs> yeah, Knucklehead Smith, I think, went out with her, too. <laughs> that was her brother-in-law. Yeah, a bit of a wooden performance. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this has been a fantastic movie, and I'm, and it, what a great way to end all these this endless series of seemingly endless series of uh, of shows that we've been putting on. But uh, yeah. but th- thanks um, for helping us close out uh, one of our one of our favorite uh, films. On a real high note, really. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Will. Thank you, Bob, for doing this. Yeah, and Ma- Mark can it's finally Mark can finally go back to relaxing uh, out by his pool and. and Forgetting all about uh, Universal yeah. Pictures and Airport, although he can't it's forget about up all my uh, passes that I get for my uh, screenplays. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm right now just sitting at home watching screeners of movies, so you know I have nothing to do with. You know, it's nice to catch up. I'm sure Bob, you get them too. Um, yeah. You know, we get we get these screeners, and you get a chance to see all the movies that are out, and you some of them you're you know you're in awe of, and other ones you're like, how did that get nominated? 
Well, I, so, you know, it was the same thing with you. I, I just, I had insomnia recently. I just have had such trouble sleeping, and I finally, I, I put on Manchester by the Sea, was able to finally get a good night's sleep. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I got to try that. It was two hours of sleep. Yeah. You know, it's better than Ambien. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> this is simple. They're going to win everything, so it's always good to take shots at the winners. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you yeah. know, La La Land, I find yeah. people are, you know, they feel one way, either hate, love it or hate it. There's no middle ground. Well, it's always you know? good to see that people that can't really dance, there's hope for all of us, you know. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, this we... has been so much fun because this is the only way I get to hang out with Will anymore is like we're 3,000 miles apart. So, wow. Well, we, we may give you the opportunity in the near – well, not in the near future because Mark wants to take a break and hide under a couch somewhere. But uh, we – we got to recover after this. We have we have so many sequels. This has been eight months. Yeah. Eight months of air, airport one minute at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys must be the happiest in this place. Oh, my gosh. It's it's crawling. Yeah, when, when that uh, rated G thing came up at the end with the MPAA, it was like, oh, they're free at last. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we had a good time. We met a lot of yeah. a lot of wonderful people like you all, and uh, it, it we're, we will be doing some more in the future. Uh, we we have plans for somewhere in the distant future of doing Airport seventy five, seventy seven, and the Concord. And <laughs> yeah, I, Mark Mark actually wants to do an airplane minute. Uh, which I don't, I, 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 I have my reservations because I don't think you can take apart a comedy a minute at a time, but that's me. Well, they're doing it to Caddyshack. That's, that's true. If, if Caddyshack oh, can yeah. survive, then, wow. Uh, so, uh, which one uh, was the air, airport film that had the, was it 75 or 77 that had the heart? They were trying to get the heart there. That was, that was 70, 75, which was what yours was based on with, um, the girl from, uh, from Love Bright. And, uh, with the Mayo Clinic and, yeah, with yeah, all and, the mayonnaise jars. Yeah. yeah. And, and you had, um, uh, Maureen McGovern was was the nun because uh, Helen he, Helen Reddy was in this was in the original Airport 75 and didn't want to cross and, Universal. That's right. Yeah, couldn't get her to do it because of that. Yeah, yeah. right. But getting but Maureen we McGovern. saw we had a we had a screening at Howard Koch's, our exec producer that had been the uh, the head of Paramount the head of production, and um, we had a screening at his house. And this is when you know have you have actually have a a projectionist come and set the film up and project, you know, in their big screening rooms they have in their homes, the producers had wow. and, and wasn't digital then. And so they showed us airport 75 and we all, we all sat and watched it. And when it was over with, we all turned to each other and everyone was all really rem- <laughs> just like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? Because this is so funny. I mean, what we're we're not we can't be funny after this because this thing is so funny. <laughs> we really thought we thought that was the moment we thought maybe we're really shot. Uh, <laughs> Up until then, we were doing fine. Like, but oh, right no. then we got we got depressed. Oh God, what's gonna uh, happen? So that's a that that movie is 148 minutes. So I think Mark will be in a catatonic uh, trance by the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I'm gonna stop answering my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Pick up. We've got to <laughs> oh, do some oh, more Skype. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you want to call me, that's fine. I'll I'll take that call. Yeah, well, I'll be you know just looking for the check. Wow. <laughs> hey, believe me. Sandra just tried to call me, so she got my my, my uh, text. 
Wow. Well, we've we've had well, a, it's been a great it's been a great ride, Mark. So thanks so much yeah, for no, for, no, for, for you. doing I your mean. part. And uh, and Bob and Will, thank you so much for being on our final show. This, this is excellent. This, well, a a perfect button on a, on a great show. So uh, we'll be back. Who knows when? Uh, come and come and visit us on airportminute.com. We'll have updates on uh, on our next projects. Uh, but again, thanks for thanks for joining us. And uh, visit us always on on social media: Twitter, airport airport minute, and uh, Facebook, airport minute, and also the airport minute commanders club, where you can. Uh, we're we're going to have a wake probably for the rest of the week, so people can leave uh, their tributes to. <laughs> Thank God it's send over. Flowers. Exactly. Wow. Or sandwiches with the with the edges yeah. cut off. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of stale. No, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching the movie again and listening to you guys comment on it as it went along. So. Glad <laughs> to hear it. Yeah. So let, let's uh, let's uh, let's pick this up later. And uh, until next time, good day. Thank Bye. you, you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. <sighs> well, that's over. Over? The airport minute? I don't think I'll ever get over the airport minute. That's my catchphrase, Well. I know, Bob, I know.